this is episode one media lab podcast yeah Mondo, it's yeah good to have you <laughs> thank you thank you it's good to be here yeah um so i guess just to get started can you tell me sort of the first experience you had in video media photo production like what's something oh wow like so as we're a gonna kid, jump right in huh yeah like as a young <laughs> young kid okay um when did you pick up a camera man um you know, I, I, I think like a lot of people, I grew up watching Hollywood movies. You know, right. I grew up um, I grew up in Vegas, uh, so I was very much influenced by um, glamour and glitz, you know, of, uh, of, of what Vegas was. <laughs> and then in that in conjunction with Hollywood and Hollywood films and oh, yeah. actors and actresses. And I was always sort of like uh, had this romantic relationship with with Hollywood and, and films and all that kind of stuff. Oh so. yeah. The big band players, stuff like that, you know, it's happening all in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Vegas, uh, Vegas, you know, it's a city of sin for yeah. a reason. And, um, so yeah, I was exposed to a lot of, uh, you know, things like that in entertainment and media since I was just, when so I was just a very young child. Nice. You never, you never really like picked up a camera though, you would say? Oh gosh. Yeah. I no, I definitely did. I mean, I love, I think, um, I think for me, what happened was I liked the acting side of things. Right. Yeah. So I um, like being in front of the camera. I liked being in front of the camera, <laughs> fair, not necessarily behind it. Yeah. And so I uh, tried to become an actor, actually. Yeah. Um, I thought I was I was a mortgage broker at the time and I was after college and everything. And I said, you know what? You only have one life. Let's go for it. I'm going to be an actor. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, Got it. And for probably about a year, I really worked on it, man. Right. I, um, I, uh, I was in a play and I took acting classes and I was an extra uh, a couple times. What play it was? Uh, I did like a, like the holiday, um, play. I played, uh, I was Titus, uh, the role of Titus <laughs> yeah. in like the Christmas thing. Uh, um, it was like, um, you know, like the Easter play, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I did have a couple one, uh, I met Jeremy Renner back in the day. What? Um, yeah, yeah. Cool. He was barely starting out, man. Like yeah. so new. And, um, but he was really interesting because like everyone was kind of screwing around on set and having fun and playing around. And he was, um, he was extremely focused, mm -hmm. like extremely focused. He did very nice, um, polite, courteous, that kind of thing. But he was not messing around. He was not, and, and it was a very low budget film type thing. I don't right. think it ever went to distribution. Um, and it, it was, uh, but he would like go to, you know, go to his trailer and like study his lines, come back out and act, you know, and then go to his trailer and study his line. And in between, he would just kind of look at people, smile, say hi. And that was about it. And he was just very, you could tell he had like a very intense foc uh, focus on. So I don't know. I kind of learned about, about acting at that point, but on that same set, there was someone else. I can't remember his act, his name, but he's a, a well-known actor. And he actually, I, I was talking to him about acting in my career. He just kind of told me to really be in it for the long haul and like mm -hmm. how long it really can take. And right. for a lot of people, it never really happens. Right. And, um, uh, there was another guy there who was kind of like, well, I'm, I'm doing a commercial. I'm really excited about and making like 80 grand on this commercial, yeah. <laughs> but that was the only commercial you had. The, that was the only job he had the whole year. Yeah. So that was his income for the whole year. That's and how it goes like, though. Yeah. I was like, whoa. And, um, so there was, uh, so I, when I told, um, someone on that set that I was a mortgage broker and like what my life was like and mortgage brokering was cool, man. I used to come and go as I pleased. I was, um. I got to ride around like in limousines, like uh, schmoozing real yeah, estate over agents. Yeah, in Vegas, right? Still? Uh, this is actually in Arizona. In Arizona, gotcha. Yeah. Hey, so that's still yeah. a fancy smanchy place is in Arizona, man. Scottsdale. Well, this mortgage <laughs> company had a had a uh, 
a limousine that they would let the mortgage brokers use whenever they wanted. Yeah. So we would like <laughs> drive around a limousine, like schmoozing realtors. <laughs> so I told him that he was like, you know what, man, I wish I had your job. Like <laughs> being an actor and like doing what I'm doing sucks. It, honestly though, like mm -hmm. acting is hard. Like people are always say like, Oh, these actors getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars just to sit in front of a camera. But it's difficult. You know, it's not easy to yeah. pretend to be somebody else, let alone, you know, being yourself is hard enough a lot yeah, of the times. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was real. Yeah. So I kind of like got disheartened after that, man. And then I ended up, um, uh, when YouTube came out, right. I, I kind of got into, um, I wanted to get into video. And so I ended up, um, uh, getting uh, hooked up with this freelancer who was doing video and he had like a giant camcorder and like, <laughs> it was just crazy. It was back about then. like 2008. <laughs> yeah, actually yeah, it was, it was there. a 2008. Yeah. yeah. And, um, was yeah. He filming with tape still or was it video? Um, it was video, oh, it was wow. digital, but it was like, we had to have the, the, uh, like, you know how we use those little, like a terabyte is like a little tiny <laughs> SD card. Well, dude, like one gigabyte was yeah. a giant thing. It was like 800 <laughs> bucks. It was crazy. Oh yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I hooked up with him. We tried to do some video and we could just, I couldn't execute, you know, and I couldn't make it happen. And in conjunction with website and web design, I actually, I tried to do uh, what we're doing with the media lab back in 08. And I just didn't have the skill set that I needed. I didn't have the capital that we needed. And, um, you know, and it was a failure. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of, um, it was very upsetting to me. And then I kind of went back to sort of corporate life and, um, and uh, kind of bounced around with all kinds of different jobs. Right. I mean, so you're, you're very entrepreneurial. You, and being an entrepreneur, you experience failure. That's just a part of life. Part of being an entrepreneur, yeah. you know, you risk a lot yeah. to get success. Mm -hmm. So what, what was like the first business you ever started? Well, the first, very first yeah, one, very which first. is still very close to my heart, is my dad was a, um, was a landscaper. He, he tried to have his business in landscaping, and he couldn't speak English very well. So he had me go up there... Um, with, uh, you know, knocking on people's doors. I was only, you know, I don't know, 10, 11. Yeah. And I'd knock on people's doors and ask them if we can mow their lawns, you uh -huh. know? And um, we did it for cheap, dude. I want to say yeah. like 10 bucks a lawn or something like that. 20 Damn. bucks a lawn. It's super cheap. And this is in Nevada still this too. Is in Nevada. That was the first. 100 degree weather and stuff. Yeah, that was my first sort of dabble in, in um, and I hated it, man. Like mowing those lawns and the, to this day, the smell of like grasping mowed lawn yeah. brings me back to that time and how difficult difficult it was and um and it makes me like not want to be wherever I smell that you know unless it's a golf course do you, I like, do you mow I, your own lawn now I don't yeah, man. to this go. day I don't yeah <laughs> I press progress to do it. yeah yeah it is it is so <laughs> that's probably the first thing I did um yeah. back in the day and then uh but even when I was like 19 I ended up um I also it's called this thing called the Latin American Resource Company and what that was is I had this like system that I could um, teach people how to uh, speak Spanish, pronounce Spanish words using English syllables. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I developed this like random system and I tried selling that and that didn't work. You know, about <laughs> a year later, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't, you know, it's just to like own a business and, and run a business. There's a, it takes a very, um, a very precise skill set that is required and when you're young, I think in general, it's, it's, it takes time to acquire that skill, that skill set, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that's why my early years and my late teens and early twenties, even though I was very entrepreneurial, I, I had sort of like failed venture after failed venture. Well, and also not just that, but by failing and continuing to fail, you're gaining those, those skills. 
that yeah. each time you fail, you gain a new skill. At least you hope to gain a new skill. So eventually when you get to that end result, you know, you'll find some success. I think you're right. I think I, I, I don't believe in failing. Okay. <laughs> it's just, it's, I don't believe in failing and I don't believe you have to fail. Really? Uh, yes, I do not believe that whatsoever. I think you should not fail mm -hmm. and do everything in your power to succeed. Of course. Don't fail, yeah. you know? And, um, and so I think that, um, back but you don't think then, you've like learned from your failures? wouldn't say that I think I've learned more from my successes yeah yeah I've learned a lot more from from successes and from wins mm -hmm. and uh, from other people who have won um, I think failing is a little overrated <laughs> right. uh, honestly um, I because I know kind of um, that whole way of thinking of like you know sort of fail your way to success oh yeah they teach you it in grade school <laughs> yeah yeah and I think there is some truth to that for sure but I think um, more learning from your successes is, and learning from people who are successful. I think back then I had no one, dude. I was like, right. I came from a single mom. You know, I had a, a single mom. My dad was not really around much. I didn't even get along with him very well as I got older. And, you know, I really didn't have any guidance. And I was also very hard-headed and stubborn back then. I couldn't, it was hard for me to learn from anybody. And, you know, it was very, very challenging. Um, I think for those reasons, I was just sort of like kept, kept failing, uh, you know, time after time. Yeah, and I think, and also, I agree with you completely, you know. Mm -hmm. I think failure is overrated. And to, to a certain point, I think a lot of people fail without taking the next step and saying, what went wrong and how can I do better next time? I think yeah. a lot of people fail and just think, okay, that was it. Or they think, you know, I'm going to just do the same thing again and hope it works out differently. Yeah, you know? yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think also what uh, failure a lot of times stops people yeah. and makes them quit. True. You know, that that's the thing I think that sucks is if you can just fail and then just don't quit, you know, just keep going, you know, and that's what I've done. Um, over the years with all the different ventures that I have not succeeded with. Right. Um, you know, I'm relatively young maybe this venture won't succeed it, but I'm going to get you bet your ass. I'm going to get back up and keep going at this point, you know? Oh, yeah. So I, I feel like I'll probably work until the day I drop dead. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, who, retirement doesn't sound nice, you know, just sitting around greeting people in front of a Walmart, <laughs> getting yeah. your social security check. Nah. That's I couldn't my see life. myself retiring ever, no. but, but yeah, it's nice to kind of at least have the option to work or not work. <laughs> right, know? right. Definitely. Yeah, it's crazy too to think that, think about this, right? Social security 40 years ago, mm. the age was 67, I believe, somewhere around there. 40 years ago, the life expectancy was like 62. Now okay. life expectancy is like 76. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Just a little loop, just a little thing to go down, you know, social it's security and retirement's crazy. Dude. I know it's, it's crazy a different time. time that we're living in now with you. It's not like before where you could sort of have a pension fund and right. rely on social security and all that kind of stuff. You know, I feel like in this day and age, you have to be like sort of have massive success. That's sort of my retirement plan <laughs> is just like have massive success right. and do things that I completely love. And um, I think that is part of the way to success is find something that you really love and then uh, you know, work really, really hard on it for like a really, really long time. And then at the, you know, and then on the way there, you can, you can have some financial success for sure. Yeah. Do you think I've been hearing like even a million dollars saved up isn't enough to retire nowadays? No. Like you need more, you need like two or $3 million to retire like comfortably. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Mom, it's, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, if you just do the math on yeah. the interest and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and inflation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I have a friend who is, 
who is um, looking to retire and he was telling me, you know, his magic number is 3 million. You know, he just, if he can just have like 3 million, he can live off of the interest and make somewhere around like 80,000 a year off the interest um, through some investments that he knows about. And then he could retire, you know? And so he's not quite there, but he's an older, he's getting older and he wants to get there as soon as possible. So um, yeah, it takes a lot of money these days. So let me ask you, if someone is just looking to start a business, right? Mm-hmm. Say say you're like my age, 23 years old, mm-hmm. you have the world ahead of you, don't have a ton of debt, you have an all right job, like what would you recommend to somebody outside of like choosing something they love? Like yeah. outside of that, what would you say to them? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and I, you know, I, I honestly think starting businesses is a little overrated also. Yeah. I really do. Um, it's extremely stressful. Right. It's extremely risky. Um, I don't know that I necessarily like recommend it to anyone unless you have some sort of new idea that there's really no way to implement it without doing a, a business yourself, you know, um, and that's kind of rare, I think, still, because you can implement um, ideas inside of organizations, mm-hmm. you know, if you're resourceful. I mean, I think I think with my advice to a young person would be look more for intrapreneurship opportunities. Right. So intrapreneurship is where you can be entrepreneurial within an organization. And that organization is very, like, supportive of the entrepreneurial spirit. So that's exactly what we're doing with Foothills Roofing and Exteriors and what we're doing with the Media Lab now, which I really enjoy working with people who are entrepreneurial because there's a certain level of ambition, ideas that, you know, we can help support and and implement. And so, and I'm very entrepreneurial, so I like people working with like-minded individuals. And like, we want to create like an environment that is supportive of that, you know, so that people feel like they can grow within an organization. And that's what I would kind of advise is, you know, is find an organization who has fits some of those, some of those, um, still not everyone is entrepreneurial, but if you are and you want to start a business, I would more look at an organization that supports the entrepreneurship philosophy. Um, you know, and I think you can be happy and you can, man, like, you know, CEOs of companies, uh, make millions and millions of dollars. They're not business yeah. owners. They're they don't not own their entrepreneurs. Company. They don't own the company. Yeah, they have to know? answer to the stockholders and the stockholders are not nice people most of the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the point is yeah. that you can make a lot of, have a lot of financial success and work within an organization, right. you know, and there's a lot to be said for that. A lot less risk, a lot less stress. There could be benefits, lots of fringe benefits that, uh, you know, that you may not even think about until you're actually in the organization for a long time. And then once you're there for, for a long time, they might, you know, the organization might buy some kind of a summer home that now you can go yeah. take your family to tw- yeah. twice a month. Office car. Uh, yeah. yeah, you get an office, you get a car yeah. you're like, whoa, I get to drive this car around company supplied. Here you yeah. go. You know? And so those kind of fringe benefits, a lot of times I feel like it's hard for people to see when you kind of first get started in the company, but they come along, they, they come, they happen down the road, you know, yeah. like guarantee. I mean, they happened for me when I was in an organization as an entrepreneur, um, I was in an organization for seven years as an entrepreneur, you know, before I, and I never, I didn't want to start this business, man. Like, um, felt like you had to almost, I felt like I really did. I felt like I really had to, and ma- mainly it was because I had these ideas like, um, for the roofing company it was a lifetime workmanship warranty. Right. I couldn't get anybody to buy into that. You know, it was also, I wanted to be an exclusive installer of impact resistant products. Couldn't get anybody to buy into that. 
um, I wanted to uh, buy some equipment that's really expensive, um, and I couldn't get buy-in for my partners. And roofing companies in general don't like to buy expensive equipment like the one that I wanted. I wanted this like a crazy like two-story hydraulic lift, <laughs> you know. And so like, um, so I knew that I had to get foothills off the ground and get foothills going in order to right. implement those ideas. Yeah, and a lot of these businesses and markets, like especially for example, roofing, right? A lot of it is controlled by old money still. You know, and I think that's why you found sort of your niche to work out of and build your own entrepreneurial company mm-hmm. is you realize that there's a lot of old processes and there's a lot of old ways of doing things. And this market needs an update. Would you say I you kind of tackled uh, it like that? Absolutely. That's a good yeah. idea. Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, digital marketing, right. this, we're in the digital age mm-hmm. and there's still a lot of people that are wishing that we're not in the digital <laughs> age. And so no going back. There is no going back. There's only going forward. And the ones who don't get on board, in my, in my opinion, will have, they're already having, um, they're all going out of business. You yeah. know, small businesses that are not on board with digital, with the digital age are going out of business. And it's really hard to say how bad it will get for a lot of the bi- businesses who don't, you know, adapt to the digital age. Yeah. I mean, look at the big businesses that five years ago, 10 years ago, nobody would have thought Sears. Sears, a 130-year-old company going out of business, bankrupt now. Yeah. Toys R Us, you know, a 60, 70-year-old company going out of business. Yeah. It's well, really what's crazy. sad about that, too, is a lot of those businesses had the opportunity, especially yeah. Toys R Us. They uh, they had the opportunity to, to go online, and yeah. they chose to just sell their products on Amazon instead. And, you know, I don't know the details of all of that, but I think it's, there's something to be said that they just, they didn't, they didn't think the digital age, which is, which is, was as powerful as it actually is. And, you know, uh, I think there still is a lot of power, even in just podcasting, you know, like it's podcasting is relatively underdeveloped right now. You know, it's, it's definitely trending, um, but it's, Fairly technical, in my opinion. Um, yeah, definitely, people audio, sound, lighting—you need all of it, you know, to have a good-looking, good-sounding podcast. It's not easy. It is not easy, and I know because I hit my head against the wall right. with it for a long time. And I tried to get a podcast going, and I just couldn't. I had, you know, mics that would bleed out. I had, um, you know, I couldn't really figure it out on my computer how to edit the intro, the outro. I there's just a lot. I mean, and you can figure it out, of course, you know, mm-hmm. but like what I love about what's happening at the media lab here is like, you know, people can just kind of walk right in and bring their guests and create some really cool content, post it on the internet for everyone to see, and then like, uh, then share it on social media sites and get organic reach. And that alone can create more revenue for any business. Right. I guess I did have one more question more about like sort of the entrepreneurial side of things. Yeah. So and sort of more on the advice side of things as well. So if you were to say to somebody who feels like they're stuck, Mm -hmm. like in a corporation or something, say they do have that entrepreneurial spirit. Mm -hmm. But as we were just talking, there's still a lot of these companies that are still stuck in some old ways. Like what are some good ways to sort of try and bring progress to these sort of older companies, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I I would get a side hustle going side hustle, get a side hustle going. Yeah. I wouldn't, yeah, you can't, you can't change someone that doesn't want to change. You can't change an organization that doesn't want to change. You know, I mean, that's something that I've learned over the years too, is that you, the, whatever the organization or the individual want needs to want to change, you know, and if they want to change, then that's a different story. You can definitely a young person or, or an entrepreneurial person or not necessarily the age, but like that you can then, you know, uh, imp- ask to implement the ideas and, and the, the organization, the company who's receptive to change will 
use them. Yeah. And really, even if they, even if they think the, the, the idea is not good, if they want to change, they should, they'll do it anyways, because they just want to um, inspire an entrepreneurial organization will want to inspire the person with the idea and mm -hmm. encourage them to keep their ideas going. Like that's how, you know, that's the company you should work for because they're yeah. willing to take ideas and run with them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And if they don't, then you should get a side hustle going right. ASAP. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're hiring at the media lab. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What other, not. what do you have any other ideas for like side hustles? So I know like media creation and marketing is sort of like one of your side hustles. What's something that you think is interesting right now? I mean, I don't, man. I think, yeah. um, I think what people have to do a little soul searching, you know, if you're going to do a side hustle, I think you really should do some soul searching and like figure out, do something that you can definitely like enjoy, you yeah. know, sort of like, if, like making a hobby, a, like making, like turning a hobby into full-time work, you know, is very, very challenging to do. And it takes a long time. And I think you have to experiment with different company with different ideas. So I, I wouldn't be too quick to rush that one idea is going to be the one like do the one that you think like if you like to travel, maybe, you know, figure out some kind of travel website right. or some kind of travel blog or a travel video even or, you know, um, you know, just getting really creative with how you can turn your hobby into, you know, revenue producing, um, you know, uh, a revenue producing, uh, you know, organization. Yeah. And I know we've talked about stuff like that before, where it's like, you you know, in terms of marriage to ideas and you don't want to be stuck with an idea. Say you have like this side hobby that you kind of like, you know, you maybe you're like tutoring kids or something, yeah. but you're really good at it. And suddenly you have like 30, 30 parents asking you to tutor their kids and they're paying you really well. And like, oh shit, now I'm a tutor for the rest of my life. Well, I right. tell you what, if you like teaching <laughs> yeah. right now is a great, a great yeah. opportunity. I think, um, in our office building, there's a small school, um, oh, really? and it's one person. Yeah. She teaches, um, like elementary education type thing. I want to say they're in like second, third, fourth grade. And, um, and they have a, a, an office here and they go out and play outside sometimes and, and they, and she's their teacher, you know, and I think it's like her business, her small business. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think there's a op big opportunity with education and all kinds of educational things because like with the pandemic, like the education system has taken a huge hits. I mean, it was already, you know, I say you went to public school, well. right? You went to like high school. Uh, I went school. to public school and I didn't have the greatest yeah. experience either, man. I mean, I was, you know, I, I, I'd hate to say, but I was basically, I was choked it when I was fifth grade in fifth grade. I was choked really? by my teacher. By your teacher? Sure. Yeah, 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 I was choked by my teacher. I was in fifth grade, and um, I was also. Are they fired? Are they out of the school? I, I, you know, I've attempted to out them occasionally, <laughs> but I haven't they done that yet. They still work there. They still. <laughs> yeah, they enjoy a pretty good reputation, actually. Sheesh. Yeah, and then I was also, um, I was spanked. I had my hair pulled when I was in kindergarten. I was. Um, you know, I, I feel like I still succeeded. Through, well, I barely succeeded. The only saving grace that I had in public school, man, um, was uh, my high school creative writing teacher. Right. In 10th grade, uh, I took her English class. And then a senior year, um, she really took me under her wing. And she made me the editor of the literary magazine for our high school. And she believed in me. And I was not going down a good path, man. I was kind of like, you know, kind of hanging out with the wrong kids and that kind of thing. And, um, she believed in me though. And she gave me like a lot of confidence. And if it weren't for her, I probably wouldn't have graduated high school. That is like the double-edged sword of like public school systems. Right. Because a lot of it is just so much shit. Yeah. But on the other end, like you said, I had the exact same thing where all of these teachers terrible, all the kids were terrible, you mm. know, 
I grew up in like small town Kansas and so mm-hmm. completely underfunded like the football coach was teaching history mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying <laughs> but there was that one English teacher and it was the same for me it was an English teacher oh really she just took me under her wing she made me debate keen debate team captain and just really showed me how to do things you know wow. we wow. um that's really yeah cool. yeah and so uh, that's like i said double-edged sword you know well i still keep in touch with that teacher too yeah um, same yeah no do you really yeah 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 we're we're still uh you know keep in touch through facebook even through text she sends me texts every once mm-hmm. in a while i text her back and yeah it's really uh it's pretty awesome to have someone like that. And, you know, that is the result of the public education system. So there's, yeah. it's not, I mean, right now it's, I feel like it's kind of in shambles because of the pandemic. Um, but, uh, you know, even before it was broken, but now it's, it's, uh, there was definitely some, some good, some good things about it that I experienced for sure. Yeah. In terms of being like entrepreneurial and you were saying that the, the school system's just breaking down entirely. Like, do you think there's um, some, there's some like advancements, some, some money to be made in that? Um, in terms of, uh, like if you're young and you like to teach, figure out a way to make some money on that. Because I mean, even just opening up a small private school, um, you know, like really small, like what we have here, you could have one office and like, you know, at this point, parents are so desperate for education in person learning that, Mm -hmm. I mean, you could, you know, um, you know, even just through social media marketing, potentially, I I don't really know. I haven't given that much thought, but there's just definitely, I see an opportunity in education right now. I mean, you got to think how many, how parents are feeling right now. I mean, you like, so March, we're in Colorado. March is when most of everything shut down. Mm -hmm. We're, we're like midway through November. Those kids have been with their parents pretty much every day, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like very little break. And a lot of it is homeschooling. A lot of it is the, the, the parents, you know, it's being a big stuck problem with right the, now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's kind of uh you know, I I feel for the parents out there. I'm a parent, you yeah. know, and I'm just, yeah, you have a five year old, right? Baby? I have a five and year a, old, yeah, and a two year old. And yeah. yeah, and we just uh we went to um we we uh looked into an independent school about two years ago. So um and we started the process and you know, it's expensive, but like I was I was always kind of um second guessing myself, should we do this? We should do public school and like that kind of thing. Um but when uh the pandemic started and like everything was going down, like I and then he got to go to in person school still and they had all these protocols, they like yeah. really dialed it in very systematic because it's a small school. He was able to, he's still able to do in-person learning and it's been, we're just so grateful that we actually went ahead and did that because, um, because I feel like it's one of the smartest things we've done as parents. Um, so yeah, I'm a a huge proponent of, of independent schools. That's awesome. Yeah. And I did one thing too. Uh, I know we were talking about this earlier today as well, just kind of like the start of Foothills and the company you're with before. Could you like go into that a little bit? Cause I know that there was some conflict maybe. Yeah. Um, I was telling, yeah, we had lunch for that's right. And, uh, with a colleague and he was asking me how foothills kind of got going. And, you know, I, I, I generally do think starting a business is overrated. I'm not just like bullshit. No, you had to, like you were saying, you had to start this. Yeah. The only reason I would much rather have been a partner in the old company and, and stayed a partner. The only problem is that, uh, the, the owner wouldn't put things in writing, you know, and, and we went for three years without anything in writing. And so I just wasn't comfortable with that over, you know, after some time. And I, um, I also was just sort of like a cauldron of ideas, man. Like I had, you know, like the ones we talked about and I just could not get buy-in from the partners, you know, it was really difficult. And so, um, so it was quite, um, demoralizing unfortunately you know and and not to i'm not speaking ill of them they're fine people um but i i do it was just me personally i just i I had this like um 
I just, I, I knew like to me, like it's really important. Like I think, uh, I think of like the day I'm going, you know, when I, when I pass away, like when I look back on my life, am I going to be proud of what the way I lived, you know? And so there's definitely, I've made a lot of mistakes, but there's also this aspect of like, I, I saw myself, like if I just stayed, cause I did have it good. Okay. Like I had it really good and I could have just stayed right. and, um, and, and just kind of gone on. But there was something inside of me. It was like, if I went back, look back on my deathbed, like it's not, it's, I, I, I will have regretted not doing this, yeah. you know? And, and yeah. And, and it started growing and growing really, really, really big. But I have to say, if they would have came to me with my damn contract, <laughs> and dude, probably, things would have been way different. Things I would have been, you know yeah. what? I, it's cool. I'm good. I, I, it's hard to say that now, but like if they would have come out, well, for one, they could have but done a contract that was basically would have locked me in, right. you know, and they yeah. put in a pretty intense, like anti-competition uh, clause yeah, in 20 there. years after you can't do anything it, with roofs. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I would have signed it because yeah. I just, I was, I was actually pretty happy, but, um, and so, uh, you know, I don't know, looking back though, I, I have to say like, I, I was, I, I wouldn't be what we're doing now, which is like with the media lab and with foothills and like the way it's grown and like everything that's kind of like going on, like with my life. I'm like, I'm, I'm so happy and I'm very like fulfilled and I want to um, continue in that, in that trajectory. And I think if I would have stayed, I don't know that that would have happened. So it's, uh, you know, life is very, very tricky. It's hard to know. Um, for certain certain things, but uh, but I do think that um, that I, I made the right choice, and I'm going to keep working really hard on this. But the media lab stuff is amazing. Yeah, I mean that's like we're having. I mean this is all media lab stuff. You know, making the videos we've been doing, helping other people making videos, like that's been incredible. Yeah, and I think uh, going on what you're saying too, like building a business and starting a business. Yeah, like it might not be the smartest thing. It might be super risky. Mm-hmm. In fact, you might not, you might be working way more and making way less money doing it for a long time. Yeah. But I think there is something in a lot of people where mm-hmm. it's, you know, a builder, you know, you have that builder sort of personality in you where you have to get out there and you have to see growth and you can't grow for other people. Well, you can do that within an organization. Right. But it's, it's like a feeling of like, I don't know, it, it's different, you know, when you're saying like, I'm building on someone else's property and building yeah. a house, whereas yeah. this is my house and I'm building it. Yeah, you know, it is yeah, different. It's, a diff- it's different. It's hard. It's hard. If you have like that real strong itch, it's yeah. probably never going to get stra- right. scratch even inside of an organization. You like know? it's a personality for some people, you know, despite, uh, it, it, despite <laughs> how, how dumb and how risky it can be, you know, like my dad yeah. is one of those people, you know, oh, really? he's never had a successful business, but he's tried semi truck driving. He's tried painting. He's tried yeah. construction. You know, he's tried almost everything. He's tried yeah. owning bars, liquor stores, hotels yeah. and failed every single time. But wow. He has that itch in him where he has to build. You know, it's funny. My dad has the same thing. Yeah, um, yeah it might be where I get it from. Uh, <laughs> right. But yeah, I, um, I I can relate to that. And I think a part of it is the skill set, you yeah. know, is my dad never had, um, you know, I so I believe a lot I mean, in personal development yeah. and, um, and education, you know, training and development. Um, and so I've over the years, man, I've done so many people think I'm my own accountant like looks at some of the training and development we do now. And she's like, why are you spending money on this? Uh-huh. You have, you're part uh-huh. of this training. You're part of that uh-huh. training. You're part of this training. You bail pay this coach. You pay that coach. Like, why are you paying so much money? It's like, well, we're successful. Right. It's not an accident that training and success 
come together. Hand they work in hand. They, they're hand in hand, dude. Yeah. And that's one thing like my dad kind of was very like um he thought things were like scams, you know. Right. And you know, honestly, some things are scams and but you don't know until you get your your hands dirty, you know. And and so um but I have this like core thing, this weird belief, limiting belief inside of me where like when someone comes to me with like some kind of coaching or training, I'm just like immediately jump to like, that's a scam, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, um, with some of the groups, I mean like this group Arate, we, we had lunch with, with the guy from Arate today. Um, I had that same thought with, even though I trusted them completely, but then, um, I just kind of, you know, um, Oh, I feel the same way. Ignored that, jumped in. Yeah, right. now Arte is a huge part of my life and, you know, what I'm all about. For me, it's like when I see somebody trying to teach me or coach me on something, I'm like, what are you selling? Mm -hmm. You know, because that's a huge thing now where it's like, try this 15, 15 yeah. minutes of free coaching. And then at the end, they try and sell you on something, you know. It's a, a lot of that thing. is bunk, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah a lot bunk. of it is bunk. Yeah, you got to be careful. Uh, yeah, Arte, though, is a real deal. Yeah, and, and that's like, like a business group. What exactly is that? Yeah, that's a business group of high achieving uh, um, key salespeople, key managers, entrepreneurs, um, just very high achieving people. Like those networking groups are very useful. Would you say they're necessary or like? I think, uh, I don't think they're necessary. Yeah. No, um, peer, like peer, uh, support groups, I think are very extremely useful mm -hmm. and I, and I would recommend them. I don't think they're necessary to being successful at all. Right. And I think if you have an idea and you have like some serious hard work ethic and you can, um, you know, you, there's definitely some knowledge base. I mean, even Mark Zuckerberg had to go get some like CEO training, you know, and he was mentored by a lot of different people as well. Steve um, Jobs would sneak into the UCLA classes to watch classes on font, like font design. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think, I think people are very successful, have a growth mindset and they know they need to keep learning and growing. Um, that's what they teach us in Arte actually as well, to have a growth mindset, keep learning, training, growing. And I think that's part of where my dad sort of failed was that he, um, didn't really, you know, I, um, I, you know, he used to ask me about how to operate a computer for a long time. And I was like, dad, look, you just, please just go to the community college. Just take the first class on keyboard, just how to, right. how to operate a keyboard, you right. know? And he never did, you know, he never wanted to go take those classes. And like, um, I think that was just sort of a, a little sign of, you know, why those businesses didn't succeed, you know? And, um, and so, uh, you know, if he's listening, he's probably going to give me a hard time when I'm later today. <laughs> no, I relate to that a lot too. Yeah. Cause the same with my dad, you know, I mean, he, sh if he went to business school, got like a two or four year degree in business and learned how to make a business plan and how to write out recessions, like those important things you need to know. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> well, what's nice about these, this in the, the digital age is right. we can learn so much just by watching YouTube, Yeah. you know, and, uh, I watch YouTube all the time on digital marketing on, I just Same, kind yeah. of, you know, nerd out on it all day long, sometimes all night long and, uh, and just learn all about that stuff, you know, on my own time. Yeah. I think that's part of what helps become successful too, is like a lot of people think, well, I, why am I going to learn that if I'm not getting paid, you know? And that's a huge hurdle I had to overcome. Like once I realized like I can learn stuff, I don't need, I don't need anybody's approval to learn something. I, or, or I don't need to get paid by anybody to learn something. I'm going to learn what I want to learn. And then I can apply that to, you know, my job or my business or, you know, whatever I'm working on. So I think that's big too, because, mm -hmm. uh, especially the university system, man, is crazy. Like, like you're yeah. saying, like you can go out and learn by yourself, but so many people feel the need to pay 20,000, 30, 40, $50,000 yeah. every year just to read books. And, you know, and a lot of times you're not yeah. even in a classroom like this year, no one's, you know, you're still paying that money, but you're not in a classroom. 
it's hard, it's man. It's crazy. It's weird. I don't know. Um, I part of me is like, yeah, get a college education, right. you know. And even as an employer, I do. That's like the first thing I look for. Exactly. You know. Um. So I I am sort of still steeped in that, but I don't necessarily need it to be like Ivy League or anything like. I think if you're gonna get a college education, like cool, get. I think you should get one. I think some people Agreed. because the because of the public education has like failed us in so many ways. Um, a college education helps you kind of get back on track um, to a certain extent. So even if you just go to community college for two years and then go to a, a state school for two years and keep it, you know, yeah. as cheap as possible with little as debt as possible. Um, that's the key. That that was a good way to go. Of course, that's easier. You know, I don't listen to my own advice. I went to a super <laughs> expensive out of state school. Right. And, uh, well, and you learn, learn from mistakes. Money. You know, we're just talking, <laughs> you learn from failures. Well, I went to that school though and it, and it and it I got sober from yeah because yeah, I talk about it, I'm I'm 18 at years this, at school uh, yeah while well, I was you in school you got sober in college yes that I went to I went to a party college and I partied <laughs> a little too hard and then I got developed a, a drinking developed alcoholism yeah. and then I had to go get help and get sober and I've been sober 18 years now well congrats that's yeah. awesome thanks man yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we're pretty much done here. Yeah, it's been over 30 minutes. Thank yeah. you, though, Armando. My pleasure. Uh, yeah, My pleasure. I learned Thank a you. lot. I learned a lot. Thank you for chatting yeah. with me. Hope I hope I was able to impart any sort of wisdom, even if it was from yourself, you know? <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. I, I, I love uh, being on in podcasts, and I'm going to be one on next Friday as well in the roofing industry because I'm, I'm sort of building a... Uh, some name recognition in the roofing industry. And so, um, yeah, shout out, shout out your podcast and your Facebook. Yeah. I have a podcast also called roofing it, um, podcast, uh, the, the roofing it podcast. There you go. Yeah. I think you is that what it's called it. or is it, oh yeah, just roofing it. Yeah, it <laughs> I forget like, what, the name Apple, of my own podcast. Apple um, podcast and Spotify and all those yeah, places. You can find me on, uh, I think it's, uh, iTunes, iTunes. The, yeah, a po- podcast like app or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And also YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, Armando J Cox. You can find me there. I've got a lot of videos on YouTube. I love YouTube, you know, right. um, creating videos on YouTube. And so, yeah, I'm looking to build that up too. And, um, yeah, I love all that kind of stuff. I love digital marketing, digital age. I think I wasn't always like that, but over, over the years, I, it's learning how important it is. And now I've kind of really embraced it and, and now I'm like, you know, just full on in it. So yeah, appreciate it. Oh yeah. Appreciate you, Marty. See you.